Welcome. <laughs> what was that? What? It's a rag. It was probably just my banshee voice. <laughs> it is your banshee voice. <laughs> Are you breaking the walls in here now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we start the episode with the banshee story now? I guess we could. Real, real quick. Oh, welcome to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Yes. yes. So we, we forgot to welcome you, our favorite listener. We're Stacey and Pete. We know you, but you may not know us. You may not know us, <laughs> but now you do. The other day, I came into the bedroom. Stacy was in the bed chilling. I came over and gave her a, a quick hug and then quickly rolled into a sneak attack of foot tickling. And as most people would do, I screamed. You fought back. You screamed. Now, it just so happened to be my ear was right next to your now prolific mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll take that. That's recorded for all time. <laughs> when you screamed, I immediately went deaf in that ear, like legitimate. I could not hear out of it anymore. And, and? my legs buckled. <laughs> you thought I was kidding. I thought he was just being dramatic. Because he does do that sometimes. He'll randomly <laughs> just fall down like he's four. Well, yes, I do that on purpose. I'll, I'll trip and pretend like I've fallen down. And <laughs> I do that so as I get older, my body remains used to falling down. Okay? I want my body to be like, oh, yeah, we don't have to break a hip. Now that we've fallen down, we consistently fall down and it's okay. But in this instance, I was not faking. I almost fell down onto the ground from your very powerful scream. I ran over to the other side of the bed and threw my hat off in fury. <laughs> saying, I'm deaf. I'm deaf. And you thought I was kidding? I was laughing at him. I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't hear anything out of this year. Go ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk. No, nothing. I can't hear anything. I went into big baby mode immediately. And it lasted for, I mean, at least five minutes. I couldn't hear anything out of there. I was sure that blood was going to come pouring out of my ear. It didn't. But we found your new power. I know. I. It made me feel like I was either like a witch or a superhero. Yes. And my scream can bring men to their knees. What was that Mortal Kombat character? Sindel, I think it was. Sindel had huge pride of Frankenstein hair, kind of. But her power was she could scream. You're Sindel. There you go. I'll take it. So well done. What's even better is after it happened, both of our cats came and sat one on each of my legs. And that doesn't normally happen because they don't like each other. Right. They <laughs> so do not get on. For them to both be in my lap at the same time is like impressive. A couple of gargoyles sitting on your thighs up to your knee. You know who I actually felt like I was? Zool. Zool. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'm Sigourney Weaver. You are now Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Because <laughs> they were just like on me, like a couple of, what did I say? Sphinx? Sphinx, yes. You're like, you're the queen. <laughs> queen. Oh, I said that I'm the queen of Bedsheba. Bedsheba. Bed, because I was sitting in a <laughs> bed. Right. You're the queen of Bedsheba with your sphinxes. Yes. <laughs> so now you know. Yes. Don't tickle me. Do not tickle her with your head in range or you will get punished. <laughs> His hearing has come back. What? Mostly. <laughs> All right, well, we're back with a regular episode, but before we get into this, we wanted to share something really sweet that happened. One of our listeners, Christy, Christy, sent us a package full of nostalgic treasures. Yes. 
Now, Christy is in the Cozy Club, which is our Facebook group, and she had posted a picture of this Jordan Knight doll from New Kids on the Block still in the box at a vintage store, antique store, whatever that she went to. And she didn't buy it, but she just shared it with the group. And she shared some other stuff that she had seen in the shop. And I was like, can you go back and get it? And I will pay you to get me that doll because I still have my Jordan doll. His rat tail is no longer intact because I've cut it off and it's certainly not in the box. And I would like to collect all of the new kids dolls in their boxes. They're not super expensive, but they're definitely like this was way cheaper than they are like on eBay and everything. Right. So I asked her and she, of course, was so kind to say, like, I'm going back. Absolutely. Do not pay me. She had some other stuff that she had wanted to send us for a while anyway. So it worked out. So we get this box. I had no idea what else would be in it. So we got the Jordan doll. Then there was this Saved by the Bell VHS tape. Yeah. It has like two episodes on it, I think, right? Yes. Two episodes. King of the Hill and Dancing to the Max. This is so fun. And then an issue of TV Guide. From? From September 5th through 11th. 1998. 98. It has Sarah Michelle Geller, Dylan McDermott, Calista Flockhart, Kelsey Grammer, Anthony Edwards. Goose. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> but that's really cool. I haven't even had a chance to look through that one yet, but I'm excited. The thing that I was really most excited about. It's truly outrageous. It is a Jam and the Holograms deluxe color and activity book from 1986. That's incredible. It is So great. And I remember these two because like the artwork doesn't look like the characters like it does, but it doesn't. Their faces are different. Yeah. But I never even really thought about that as a kid. I just loved coloring these. So you had this one or something similar. I know I had something similar because I remember coloring. You know, I don't know if it was the exact one, but either way. And then there's just a few random pages that are colored, but not many. Yeah. Which I'm actually kind of glad that it's colored in a little bit because that makes me feel better about coloring in it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it yet, but I think I'll have to at least do a page or two. You will. We'll color together. You got me some coloring books as well. Yes. I will not color in my Star Wars. No, no, don't. But it hasn't been colored in. It is not. I also got. Yes, she had a special thing and it actually said for Pete. Just for me. It's one of the read-along books that comes with, a you know, one of the small records. Mm-hmm. But it's Transformers Satellite of Doom. He was so excited. Yes. It's been a lot of fun to listen to this. I used to love read-along books. Oh, gosh. They're so great, aren't they? They give you a little ding when you got to turn the page. Yes. I used to do that when I taught, too. I would Did you? do read-along books with the kids. That's a lot of fun. Saved your voice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just had to turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Christy. Yes, thank you. I, of course, have already talked to Christy about it, but it made both of us emotional. Oh, yeah. Like, I got teary because it's not about the things, but it's like these things are so meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. And the fact that someone has listened to our podcast and cares enough to think of us and to want to share that with us. It was incredibly thoughtful. Yes. It just means so much. Yes. And it's not the actual items, but it's just the thought behind it that really hit home. I agree. Now, if somebody happened to send me the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, (laughs) it might be the thought and the item, but. (laughs) It's not that we don't love the items, though. We do love the items. I'm just trying to say. Yes, it is absolutely. means so much. Yeah. Incredibly thoughtful. Yeah. So thank you, Christy. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. It's time. 
We're back to our My So-Called Life recaps. Finally. Yeah, it's been a little while, right? It has. We had to take a break for the holidays. Yeah. Honestly, we got so close to the Halloween episode and it was like Christmas. And I was like, I refuse. (laughs) I love Halloween, right? But I love Christmas. And I'm also just like, it still bothers me now that we didn't time it perfectly for the Halloween episode to come out at Halloween and the Christmas episode to come out at Christmas. But it never would have worked because there were so many episodes between the Halloween episode and the Christmas episode. It's all we would have done. Yeah, and we still would have had to put out more than two episodes a week. Oh, absolutely. So it sounded nice, but it just wasn't happening. So we had to take a little break, but we're back with episode seven. Why Jordan Can't Read. This episode originally aired October 6th, 1994. I think I was deep in basketball season at this point. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So just when Angela thinks that she is finally over Jordan Catalano, she gets to know him in a whole new way and it changes everything. And also, Patty thinks she might be pregnant. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Scandal. Scandalous. Except it's not scandalous. No. <laughs> it's just a big deal because she's 40. She's 40. <laughs> I feel like so much happened in this episode. And it could be because I loved so many moments in it. Like some of my all-time favorite moments over the whole series mm-hmm. are in this episode. So I just like can't believe that they're all crammed into this one episode. It is jam-packed with moments. It is. So we better get to it because it's a lot. Did we have any new cast members? Only one, and he's actually uncredited. And I think it's because he didn't have any lines. But Michael Lowry plays the museum guard, George. But I recognize him. He played Jake Martin on All My Children, Joe and Ruth's son. So he's Tad's brother. He's Tad's brother? Or cousin. I thought he was his cousin. They're related somehow. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. You didn't watch All My Children. (laughs) (laughs) But his name was originally Joey. So I was really confused. because (laughs) Not that Joey. (laughs) Do we just say, whoa, with all Joey's now? We do. Okay. okay. Absolutely. (laughs) So I remembered him as Joey. So when I looked it up and it said Jake Martin, I was really confused. But he changed his name later. But originally, he was Joey. And I remembered like his whole relationship with Emily Ann. This whole thing. Whole thing. I mean, as as everything on soap operas are, a whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) When you said Michael Lowry, I was thinking bad boys. Mike Lowry. Oh. Yeah. He was not the museum guard. Ah, okay. (laughs) Wait, the what? Museum. Okay. How do you say it? Don't worry about it. We'll save that for later. (laughs) Yes, the topic will come up again. Just the cool kids. (laughs) All right. So favorite moments. I've got a lot, as per usual. Now, there's a lot of uh, yours stepping on mine. I wrote down all mine, and we'll have to figure out what uh, crumbs are left for me. Oh, well, I thought as we watched, we would be like, are you getting that one? Are you writing that one down? Because if you're not. Typically, I lift my phone and write and, you know, I'm taking the moment. But either you weren't paying attention or something. Well, there is one moment that I added to the list when we rewatched it the other night because I didn't remember. Okay. If you wrote it down or not, but I wanted to make sure we talked about it. So if it's one of yours, you talk about it and then I'll just add my thoughts. Why don't we go through yours first? Is it the Rayanne and Sharon in the bathroom situation? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. But let's go through your favorite moments first and then we'll get to mine. Oh, we're not going to go back and forth? No, we're going to go back and forth. Okay. (laughs) Anarchy if we don't do that. (laughs) That was a lot. To to, start. To just do what we're normally going to (laughs) do. All right. 
So the opening scene of this episode, Angela is laying in her bedroom at night. She's being angsty. We've got her voiceover as she's sitting in her window seat, looking out the window at the moon. And she's talking about love. She's got her nightgown on. Yes, she does. (laughs) It just looks like a dress, but I figure it's a nightgown. Yeah, it has celestial things on it, I'm pretty sure. Ah. (laughs) I thought at least by the age of 15, I would have a love life. But I don't even have a like life. I just love that because, you know, I relate to being a teenager and being angst. being angsty in my <laughs> bedroom by myself. <laughs> and, except my narration would have been me writing in my journal. Yes, you know? that's true. So Imagine if you had recorded them. I know. My goodness. I have now, most of them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I leave a lot for myself. Yes. I, I don't want to share everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My first favorite moment, when Rayanne loses the letter. Of all things for Rayanne to do, this was probably the greatest. The greatest? The greatest. Look at what comes from it. Everything that happens in this episode outside of the pregnancy, not pregnancy, is tied to this letter. All right. That's or not point. really, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Almost everything. It's a catalyst. Yes. So my next one is really a compilation because there are so many things that happen on their field trip to the museum. Yes. When they first get there, their teacher is running around frantically reminding everyone to stay with the group. And, you know, Angela is like, what's the big deal staying with the group? Seriously. like, (laughs) I get it because of having been a teacher, it's a little different when they're four and five. But still, you don't want to lose anyone. Yeah, and you don't want some kid going knocking a statue over or something like True. that and just walking away and being like, well, not my problem. And it's your responsibility to get them back to the school. Yeah. You know, so you do kind of need everybody to stick together. I suppose so. <laughs> but this is where Angela is telling Rayanne that she thinks she's finally over Jordan. And she gives Rayanne the note to read because she's written out all of her feelings that she was going to, to give to Jordan. But she's not actually going to give it to him. She right. just needed to get her feelings out, which I get that. I definitely have done that several times. And then other times done it and given it to the person and then immediately regretted giving it to them. Did you? <laughs> yes, for sure. Like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> but this stuff is so good because like Angela's roaming around and then she sees Jordan and the looks that he's giving her as they're looking at the statues, like the smirks and everything. And then I'm like, of course he does this because she has just decided she's over him. He can sense it. Now he's interested again. Oh, yeah. Yes. We talked about the museum guard, George. He's instantly attracted to Ray. I think there's a mutual attraction there. And she's looking at something and he comes up next to her and they don't even look at each other. And she's like, so you want my number? He just kind of laughs, doesn't say anything. Said to you. And then we were like, does he realize that this girl is like 15 years old? Right. He's old enough to have (laughs) this job. Yeah. Like he looks like he's like 28 or 30. Like, not that I can tell how old anyone is these days. True. That's true. It's a challenge. (laughs) He could be 17, but I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, you have the moment where Jordan comes up to Angela. He's humming. I've been humming this tune all day. And, you know, she asks him what song it is, and he tells her it's a song that he's writing for his band with Tino, Frozen Embryos. Frozen Embryos. (laughs) And he's like, you should hear it sometime. And, of course, she's just, like, inwardly 
freaking out that he's talking to her and he's like suggesting more. And then he walks down the hall humming. And it always just made me squeal with delight. Did it? Yes. Sorry. So much of watching Jordan Catalano, as much as like I also see it differently now, I also see how toxic the whole situation can be or or ends up, you know, these little moments still like revert me back to being 15. Mm. Well, speaking of Catalano, (laughs) Catalano, we find out he says museum like I do. That is true. He did. I found it at the museum. We are museum buddies. Museum. Museum. (laughs) (laughs) Twinsies. He wishes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, both of you made teenage me. Squeal. (laughs) Squeal. So next up, in the bathroom at school, Angela is talking to Rayanne after Jordan has confided in her that he can't read very well. This kind of transpires after Jordan has found Angela's letter and she's pissed because she feels like that's the only reason he's paying attention to her. But he said he didn't read it. Right. And they kind of argue about it a little bit because she's kind of like, what, too many big words? And he's just like, just wasn't that interesting, you know. And then she kind of realizes she's like, you couldn't read it, could you? And so we find out like he can read, but he's just not great at it. Yeah, because she was a bit aggressive at the beginning well, there. It's because she was, fighting. Em- she was embarrassed. Yes. She's kind of like, don't be condescending to me. I know you read this. It has your name on it. Why would you not read it? Right. But then he opens up to her and we see a little vulnerable side of Jordan Colano, mm-hmm. which is rare on this show. Yes. <laughs> So Angela is telling Rayanne, and she's like, Wait, say this again. Something has happened between Jordan Carolina and me. And I can't, I can't explain it. I, I seriously can't. Don't even ask me. But I understand him in this way I didn't even know existed. And it has completely changed everything. Everything. And then right after that, they're on the football bleachers with Ricky. And this is where Rayanne is so excited because Jordan said Angela should come to the Frozen Embryos rehearsal so she could hear the song he wrote. And Rayanne's so excited because she's been wanting to do that forever. Right. I guess Tino never gave her the invite. And I love this because she's like, Angelica, do you know what this means? Yes, I do. Yes. What does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) And Rayanne says, It means this is happening. You're happening. You and Jordan Catalano. And I mean, it's so exciting. Like that realization that this thing she wanted so badly is like. It's within her grasp. Actually, yeah. I just relate to that feeling so much. And then Rayanne is gloating (laughs) because, like you said, if she hadn't lost the letter, none of this would have happened. Mm -hmm. And then after this, we find out that Ricky knows Jordan's schedule because he's telling Angela where she could find him. And then a little later in the episode, it really becomes obvious that Ricky has had a 
crush on Jordan. Yes. Because he knows Jordan's schedule. Inside and out. Yes. And I totally get that because like I didn't know the classes that guys that I was interested in, what they were taking, but I definitely knew when and where I was going to run into them in the hallway between classes. Did you? Yes. I was oblivious. Well, I knew because, I mean, A, it was important to me because I, like, even the slightest, like, smile or hand grab or hello was everything to me. You know, I collected those tiny little moments and made them into something probably way bigger than it actually was. You know what I mean? But as we all did, (laughs) did the same thing. Also, though, that would be when we would, like, pass notes to each other and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. I just didn't know where to expect them. It's like I was on task. I needed to get to my locker, get my new book, go to the next class. If it just so happened that I crossed paths with someone that I had a crush on Mm -hmm. in the hallway, it was always a surprise to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I wonder if it was like that for the, the guys that I had that with, you know, although sometimes I remember at least one person who would be like out in the halls during class and walk past my classroom and like wave and stuff if the door was open. And so it's like he knew where I was. Yeah, I guess that would happen occasionally. Because it was like purposeful. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I just happened to look up and see you. Like he was like purposefully looking and waving. It's funny, like my girlfriend in parts of high school never did that. But the girl I had a crush on at other times mm-hmm. would do that. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is. There's something about the chase. There's something about yeah. it, like not being official that, especially when you're in high school, that makes it more exciting a little bit. She knew she was stringing me along. Yeah. <laughs> so did he. <laughs> so did Jordan Catalano. That's right. Actually, Jordan Catalano is pretty oblivious, so he may not have known. He might not. Have. No, I think he does. I think he does. Yeah, He's more you aware. do see him struggle with stuff. He does. Do. and we'll like talk he, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me skip my next one because you already covered it. <gasps> no, maybe we should talk about it before because I don't want to take. It's okay. I think it's funnier that you take all my moments. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, my next one. I like the scene in the bathroom with Rayanne and Sharon where we get duh and duh squared. Yes. So that's the one I was telling you about that I wrote down because I couldn't remember if you wrote it down or not, but I wanted to make sure that it was talked about. Duh squared. Duh squared. Well, because they're having this conversation where Rayanne has been seeing Sharon and Kyle making out like at the museum and the school hallways and all of that. Were you going to say more? Nope. Okay. I've had a feeling you didn't really remember what they were talking about otherwise. I knew what they're talking about. Oh, okay. They're talking about how Sharon looks like she's on the edge of ecstasy. That's true. Well, Rayanne asks Sharon if they've gone all the way yet. Right. And Sharon is like, that is completely none of your business. Duh. She's like, look, I know it's none of my business. We're totally not friends due to the fact that neither of us can stand each other. That's why I asked you. Go ahead. Ask me anything. Go ahead. It's like relaxing. You're so weird. Duh squared. Duh squared. (laughs) Notice here in my notes it says, if Pete didn't use it. So see, I was looking out for you. You were. That is so sweet. (laughs) I feel your sarcasm. It is not sarcastic. Are you sure? Are you? you I'm sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I'm positive. (laughs) Isn't that Marissa Tomei? It is, yeah. I'm positive. (laughs) It's from my cousin Vinny. Yes. 
But I I did really like that exchange, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's obvious that the two are similar but very different in how they look at love and sex and all of those things. Um, And they both kind of want what the other has. Yes. But don't realize, you know, there's issues with with both of them. Right. But I do love, too, that Sharon will not let Kyle slut shame Rayanne. That's right. Because he's talking about, oh, I hear she hooked up with that museum guard. And she's like, why do you care? Right. And he's like, I thought you hated her. And she's like, I do. But there's a lot of things to hate about her without bringing up her sex life. Yeah. Or bringing her sex life into it. Well, that's just because she doesn't want people talking about her like that. Yeah. In the end. But, you know, I just thought that was progressive for that. It was. Time period, you know, and it's like, who cares, you know? And also, I like seeing a girl shutting her boyfriend down for being that way Mm -hmm. and not just being like, Kyle, whatever you say. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She's such a (laughs) hoa. Okay. So here we go. At the rehearsal for Frozen Embryos. Yes. You know, Angela and Ricky and Rayanne are hanging out. Angela is, you know, staring at Jordan, who's just like messing around on his guitar a little bit. And we get a voiceover where she says, Huge events take place on this earth every day. Earthquakes, hurricanes, even glaciers move. So why couldn't he just look at me? And instantly he's like, Hey, you want to hear that song I was telling you about? She just nods because she can't even speak. And I wouldn't be able to either. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get this. so far red that's you (laughs) (laughs) my favorite part this is pete's favorite part of the entire show and it's so frustrating because he's like i I shouldn't even tell you this because i know this is one of your favorite moments of all time but i think this is the cheesiest part (laughs) overall (laughs) just like i love ricky yeah i love wilson cruz but that was just you know well that was writing it was writing red that's you. And he'd like, you know, purposely like touches, touches her, her hair. hair. It's just like, we get it. Right. And the thing is, is what we were talking about when we were rewatching it the other night was that could have been so much more subtle. He could have just said red and touched her hair. Yeah. Or, or my idea was that they just look at each other 
because they have perfect lighting at this yes, point. Yes, her hair is bright. Yes, bright red backlighting. You can see what color her hair is. Mm-hmm. And like if they just looked at each other and he like looks down at her yeah. hair, whatever it is. I got chills just now just thinking of them just looking at each other. Yeah. I think that that's all that was needed right there. It was, yeah. I feel like I could go back and re-edit it. We could put that out on Instagram yeah. and say, this is how it should have been. <laughs> but also, you don't want to mess with, you no, know, you my don't. so-called life is perfection. Like, right. we really can't. If that's the worst of it, then that's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> but also, like, this moment, I felt like I was her with how it made me feel and how much I could put myself in her position. Like, Thinking I was... That melting into the seat right i even had this section of the show recorded onto a cassette tape onto a cassette tape just so you could listen to that spot over and over and over again yes i know what you're talking about right because i did the same thing with saturday night live skits and sketches <laughs> you did and i'd listen to them over and over and over again i didn't know that oh yeah i loved it like at what age this would have been um in the early 90s so it was like when Dana Carvey and everybody were on there. Uh, it was a big during like the 92 election whenever Ross Perot was a candidate because they were making fun of him a lot. Right. But I can hear the runaway hogs line where they're, you know, they're putting on a presidential debate thing. Huh. That's so interesting. Like I'd go to sleep to it. Really? Yes, I would just, I had like four hours recorded on various tapes. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because like everybody always talks about how we would record, you know, songs off the radio, but I didn't remember that I had recorded that on tape until this last time we were watching it because there's a little section where Rayanne's talking before, you know, they're just wish Tino would get there. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, at least I could drink more. And I remember that I wish that I hadn't left that little part (laughs) because I always had to listen to that part. (laughs) Before, like, I wish I had just hit play when the song started. You know what I mean? Well, and reading that in the notes reminded me that I used to do that with SNL. Huh. I used to also do it with, oh, there was this show. I don't think a lot of people watched it called Second Noah. And James Marsden was on it. A lot of people were on it, but also Joey Lauren Adams was on it as well. People may know. But James Marsden sings a lot on the show. And so I was in love with him as well. And I would also record those songs on tape, probably on the same tape that Red is on. Would you? Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny, like the links that we had to go to just to be able to like listen to something whenever we wanted to without having to like put the show on the television. And I was lazy enough that mine was the show commercials and all. So it's like I would hear these same commercials over and over again as I was going to bed. Oh, I wish you still had that tape. (laughs) I do, too. I bet I have my tapes somewhere, just not marked. I feel like my mom gave my tapes away to people because I I had like music and stuff that I'd, I'd recorded. Yeah, you have the song you wrote for me. Speaking of songs written for people. All these tapes just out in the world, probably destroyed or thrown away. So upsetting. They were out of my control. Mom. (laughs) My next moment, we've got Angela and Jordan in Jordan's car, red. But as they're sitting there talking, you can see Angela start to really focus on Jordan's mouth. Yes. They're getting closer and closer and closer. Mesmerized. Just like, you know what's coming. Yes. And that leads perfectly into your next moment. My next moment is their first real kiss in the car. It's so good. He more than makes up for their first awful kiss in his car in front of Brian's house a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And her excitement as he drives away...
yelling and dancing and breathing in and closing her eyes. And she just she looks is, like a ballerina. She, yes. And then a music box song playing. Yeah. It gives me chills because I just feel like it perfectly depicts what it's like when you're alone and just like bursting with excitement over something major that has just happened to you. Yeah. Like that elation after your first like big kiss with your your crush. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. I mean, it was perfect. They did such a good job with that. And then she has to like go into her house and act normal. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she doesn't run into her parents on the way up because it was the 90s. So parents probably like went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She'll be home eventually. (laughs) I love the moment when Graham and Patty are talking and they kind of wander into the living room. And who's there? He's just kind of come in because the door was open. (laughs) Krakow surprises them both. Just like, oh. Uh, look, Brian's here. Oh, Brian's here. Hi. Yeah. Oh, the door was open. I just came in. Like, as you do, I suppose. But this is where we first see that Danielle has a bit of a crush on Krakow. Yeah, she does. She is trying to really stick it on him. <laughs> just like, you are too young for that, young lady. I know, but she's very into it. She's like trying to get him to come teach her. Uh, uh, trumpet, right? Yeah. Or what? Some instrument. It's like flute. Or sax. He plays sax. I don't know. An instrument. An instrument. He plays a few. He does, yeah. So I can't remember which one she wanted to to learn. But she's got a date. She lines up a date with old Krakow. <laughs> and he's so nice, he's not going to say no. Right. You know, but he's also just doing it so maybe he'll see Angela. Yeah, so absolutely. That's why. Because he, he wants his Malcolm X book back. He'd already read it. Right. Although, why does he want it back if he's already read it? Because it's his. <laughs> I mean, he's just using it as an excuse to see Angela. Yes. Let's be real here. <laughs> Get real. Get real. <laughs> okay. Next up for me, the morning after the kiss. Now, this is funny because Patty and Graham are upstairs. Uh, Patty's yelling for Angela yeah. to get up and Danielle comes in and she's like, Angela's in love. <laughs> and then we cut to Angela in the kitchen, drinking coffee, humming to herself, which of course she's humming red. red. And Patty and Graham are just like, she's drinking coffee and humming. And they're just like, well, what? What's going on here? And they ask about the drinking coffee and they're like, you want a little cream with your coffee? You know, and she's like, no, I just drink it black with three or four sugars because that's how Jordan Catalano told her he drinks his coffee. Yeah, I cover that later. That point later. Oh, I do. Well, why didn't you speak up? You're looking at the notes. Because it's in a different section. Oh, I'm sorry. Apologies. It's okay. I'm just saying that I will reference back to this moment. Okay. Please proceed. (laughs) Anyway, Angela's just giddy and she's like, I can go out on dates, right? And Patty and Graham have to come up with the ground rules on the fly. Well, let's be honest here. Patty has to come up with these rules on the fly because Graham is just sitting there like, "Uh uh-huh. And? Yeah, he's actually amazed by her. He is. He's like, oh, these are the rules. Yes. These are the rules, just like your mother said. (laughs) But also kind of like in shock because they hadn't really thought about it before because she hadn't shown interest in anyone before. And they're like, okay, this is happening. Of course, Angela is like, why do you have to meet him? Mm -hmm. You know, she is mortified and terrified of that. But I would be the same way if we were parents. I would want to meet someone before my child went out on a date with them. If they're going to be like getting in someone's car and going somewhere with them, I with would like only to them, meet them. Right. Like if it's a if it's a group. Yeah, that's different. It's different. That's how I would hide my dates, quote unquote, early on. Right. It was a group and yeah. I'd be there to see a 
particular somebody. Yeah, for sure. Because I didn't want anybody to have to come over <laughs> and go through that. Just like what we saw on this show. Yeah. That's how much I would have feared it. You know, like I had guys come over and my dad never gave them the, you know, the third degree. The third there. degree. All right. And because of the order of our favorites, I'm going to go next. So after Angela finds out that her parents have to meet Jordan before she can go out with him. And she's already planned this whole thing. Like she wants to go to the movies with Jordan. And so she kind of plants that idea in in his mind. And he just kind of goes along with it. He's like, oh, but this pesky thing. Well, I love the look that she gives Jordan in the hallway when she's basically hinting around that she wants to go to the movies with him. Because his song reminded her of this movie, and now she wants to see the movie again. And then she gives him this look like, are you going to ask me? Right, right. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could could do that, I guess. (laughs) He seems so uninterested. He did, yeah. (laughs) But yet still willing to go along with it. Yeah. You can tell he's just like... Ugh, like, why does it have to be so hard? You yeah. know, like, but yeah, he likes her. So he's going to do it. Yeah. But anyway, so Jordan agrees. He's going to come to Angela's house at 730 that night, meet her parents so that they can go to the movie that weekend. Cut to that night. And Angela has curled her hair differently. She's wearing a dress. Brian comes over to get the book, get the book and help Danielle. Yes. And. She and Brian start fighting because Brian asks her why she, what he's like, why do you look like that? And she's like, look, if you must know, Jordan Catalano is coming over, so. What? Yeah, shut up. Why is it so amazing? I'm sorry if you disapprove. I don't disapprove. I'm just sickened. And then he, he tells her that she looks like she's going to a costume party dressed as someone else. They get in this big fight. They're screaming at each other. Yeah. And then it's like this moment where they just stop and they stare at each other. And in most movies and TV shows, when that happens, then they start making it. Yes. But they just walk away from each other. Right. And it's so funny looking back at it because back then I just thought, Brian's so annoying. You know what I mean? Like Such a child. Get out of the way. Like, Jordan's coming over. And I never even thought about the potential of them kissing. But now I see it totally differently. I'm like, there was definitely something there. There is, right? But I feel like it's, if not 100%, but it's very close, all on Krakow's side. I don't don't feel any attraction I don't think she sees it yet, but she's very wrapped up in Jordan. She is. But also, it's like, you can't be so passionate and be so annoyed by someone so much if there's not some kind of feeling there. I feel. You know what I mean? In a movie, in a movie or show, I would agree. In real right. life, sometimes you just really don't like somebody. But it's she not does like, like him. Like, they've been right. friends. They grew up together. I think the pathway that the show would have gone down yeah, well, would we'll have been to that. them together. Of course. We've talked about that yes. before. But I think we'll do a big talk about it again. We will. We will. When we wrap. But after all of that and they fight, Angela is sitting in the living room with her parents. And it becomes increasingly evident as it gets later that Jordan Catalano has stood her up. Yeah, that's right. So poor Angela starts moping around. She's upset because Jordan didn't show. And I feel it was a very good representation of how that felt back in the day. Yeah. And it does cut to Jordan. His friends are like, come on, man. He's like, no, I got this thing, this thing I got to do, you know. Yeah. And you can tell it bothers him that he's not going to do it. He didn't just forget. No, he He just doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But yeah, we see Angela finally just go to her bedroom. We've got this slowed down version of Red. Yeah. 
playing. Only the light in her closet is on, and she goes over to her closet, and all of a sudden we see she starts like doing the perfect Claire Danes cry that she does. She's so good at crying. Yeah. And then she lays down on the floor. It's very dramatic, and I related to it so much, so much. I cried in my bedroom alone so many times <laughs> as a teenager. I did too. Oh. I, re- I related to this scene in particular as well. Yeah. I'm actually a little, I'm a little teary right now just because I can't even remember like exactly what did it. I mean, I can guess on a few things, but like just that feeling of like, you just think your world is over. Sure. And to come down from that high of like, this is happening. Well, it's so devastating at that time because it's generally the first time you really have gone through mm-hmm. these types of emotions yep. as a human being, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you get upset. You're sad. You, all these things happen when you're little and as you're growing up a little bit. You get into your teenage years, everything starts changing and then you start noticing other people and you feel like you love them. And it, it's like these brand new emotions that are so raw and you've just never experienced them before in general. Right? And your hormones are raging. Yes. So everything is elevated and intensified. Yeah. Good stuff and bad stuff. Absolutely. You know? Right. Oh, the angst. The angst. So next up, we have Jordan talking to Ricky about why Angela is so upset with him. Yes, because Angela has seen him and walks away. Walks off. Rayanne walks off as well. Jordan comes over to the locker, starts talking to Ricky and then understanding, right, like why she was upset. He Mm kind of gives his side of it to Ricky, how, you know, he just wasn't in the mood. Mm -hmm. She just makes a big deal out of everything. But the real point of that scene is we find out the true meaning. Of red. Well, it, it was it was partly that that song that that you wrote. She she really liked it, and it was um, obvious what it, what it was about. So yeah, my car. Ricky is made aware. It was a song about Jordan's car, <laughs> <laughs> not Angela. Oh, devastating! Devastating. I'm so glad that at least as far as we know, Ricky never tells Angela that. No. Don't ever tell her. Don't tell her. I feel like season two, he would have told her. Oh. When they were fighting. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'd be like, and you know, that song, Red, wasn't even about you. It wasn't about you and your stupid hair. It was about his car. (laughs) Storms off. Oh, no, Ricky, don't do it. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky would have had to been really upset to do something like that. Yes. (laughs) He would never. Also, though, in that moment, there's this tiny part where Jordan touches Ricky's shoulder and you see Ricky like look at his shoulder real quick, you know, like look (laughs) at his hand and you can tell he's like freaking out a little bit. I was like, oh, Ricky, I would have done the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So cut to now, I believe in my mind, it's a Saturday afternoon and Angela is still moping, just laying on her bed and her mom comes in with ice cream. And Angela is like, Mom, if you care about me at all, do not attempt to cheer me up. And Patty starts to walk out. And then she's like, you can leave the ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So then her mom comes and sits down with her and they're chatting a little bit. And Patty just kind of casually says, you know, up until last night, I thought I might have been pregnant. And Angela just thinks that's the most hilarious thing she's ever heard. Yeah, she's cackling. (laughs) And Patty did her job of cheering her up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then right after that, the two of them go into the front yard, still eating the ice cream, which, by the way, this always bothers me every single time the way that they're eating the ice cream. 
I think it's because in TV or movies, they try not to eat because they never know how many takes it's going to take. So they don't want to eat it, but it is painfully obvious. Well, they would have done better than to not have huge clumps of ice cream on the spoon and just have small bites. But instead, there's like a mountain, uh, like a fistful <laughs> of ice cream on the spoon. And and Patty will like give it to Angela and Angela just like licks it like a cat, yeah. basically. And then Patty licks it like a cat. And then they put it back in the thing. Like, just put the amount of ice cream that will fit in your mouth on the spoon. On the spoon. Like, what are you doing? It's not a ice cream cone. It's a spoon. I mean. First off, maybe get two spoons. Right. <laughs> Goodness. You walk right by the kitchen. <laughs> You're not spoon poor. Like, I know yes, you have they, more spoons in that they kitchen. They have more spoons. <laughs> but that's not the point. So the point is, Graham and Danielle are playing catch in the front yard. Graham's a little sad because, you know, he had gotten excited thinking that maybe they were going to have a baby and maybe it would be a boy. So he's living out his fantasies yep. by playing catch with Danielle, even though obviously girls can play sports too. <laughs> so <laughs> as evident with you playing catch with your daughter. So then Brian Krakow walks up and says something to Danielle and Danielle's like, and walks away. So now she's over Brian. <laughs> she's over it. <laughs> so now Brian is playing catch with Graham. And then Angela walks up and Graham hands the glove over to Angela which Angela and Brian have not seen each other since their fight, mm -hmm. or at least they haven't spoken since their fight. <laughs> and Brian asks her what her parents thought of Jordan Catalano, and Angela fires the ball at Brian's head. Yes, got a lot of pace on it. <laughs> and she tells him that they're never talking about Jordan Catalano again. <laughs> and Brian's like, we're not? Why not? And she's like, you're incapable of understanding. And he's like, oh, yeah, why? She says, because it's never happened to you. I'm just, wait. Until it happens to you, Brian. Seriously, I cannot wait until it happens to you because I'm going to look at you and I am going to laugh. And I'll say, see, see, I told you so. And she throws the ball and it goes in the street. Goes in the street. So she runs to go get it. And the look on Brian's face as she like runs off, it's very obvious yes. to us, the viewers, that it's already happened to him. Mm hmm. He's had his heart broken. Uh, well, he's been in love. Yes. Because he's in love with her. That's right. Poor Brian. Poor Krakow. <laughs> So we made it through those lists. Did you have any least favorite moments? My least favorite moment. The fact that Angela now takes her coffee black with three to four sugars <laughs> because that's what Jordan does. <laughs> I hated it when girls would do that because they would. It yeah. It was annoying. Oh, they're trying to copy you. Me or anyone else. Yeah. Yes. Huh. I see that. I'm just like, Mah, blah. But here's the thing about the show. It's very realistic. That is realistic. I've watched yeah. people do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I ever did that per se. Mm. But I mean, maybe I would have if I don't know. I mean, I can see how uh, I probably there's certain music that I got into or things like that because a guy I liked yes. liked those things. Probably in like a smaller version of this very same thing. Yeah. But it's just very against anything Angela's ever done. Like yeah. She's obviously not been a coffee drinker. And now suddenly she's got to drink coffee. And a it's got to be the same way that Jordan drinks it. Yeah. I get that. And listen, we know this is the 90s. It's going to be some Folgers. So it's not good. Black. <laughs> But it is the best part of waking up. It is the best part of waking up. <laughs> but put a little cream in that cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
So my least favorite moment is Rayan losing the letter. Ah, uh, yes. Because that was a responsibility as a best friend mm. to hold on to that thing. The reality of that happening is terrifying or would have been terrifying. Yes. Like Angela was so excited because Jordan was being nice to her like out of nowhere. And then she finds out that Rayanne has lost the letter. So that's probably why. Yes. You know, it's all tainted now. This is why, though, you think about it in those middle school notes that I've been reading on the podcast, how so often my friends would write to me and they would talk to me about who I liked and they would do a blank or they would leave five blanks and like only put the first initial. Or, yes. or things like that, because you just never know if that note is going to get in the wrong hands. Yes. And like some of them, I feel like you had like encrypted through code. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where like you had the key. <laughs> yes, the, there the was person. a note like that. Yep. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you had to do what you had to do. Yes, you did. <laughs> we had to be creative back then. You did. You never knew where that note was going to end up. <laughs> so fashion. I've got a couple. You know, they're not big ones, but you. I feel like you probably have a few. I do have a few, but again, like we start getting a lot of repeaters at this point. So our fashion lists may start going down a yes. little. Yeah. There's Jordan's short sleeve light blue t-shirt with the long sleeve white Henley under it. I've yeah. always liked that look. I mean, I know it's very simple, but it really brings out his eyes. Okay. Not that he needs anything to bring out his <laughs> eyes, but that is one outfit of his that I like. I liked early on both Krakow and Catalano in the museum had on very baggy sweaters. They did. Yes. They could hide some sweet artifacts under them. <laughs> they could. <laughs> Antiquities. In this scene where Rayanne and Angela and Ricky are hanging out on the football bleachers, Rayanne's wearing this flowy yellow dress with this green and black silky shirt over it. And she's got tights and then like basically knee socks mm -hmm. coming up. It's just, you know, she's always got the looks. She does. Same thing. Ricky in this same scene has on some sweet overalls. He's got this blue shirt underneath it with mm -hmm. these designs on it. Very stylish. Yes. When they go to hear Frozen Embryos play, Angela's got this long, long sleeve black shirt with a plaid vest over it. And then she's got a plaid skirt different plaid with red boots. Mm. I like that outfit. Ricky in that scene has on like a, a drum major jacket or something. Yes. It's very interesting. It looked like a Michael Jackson jacket. Yeah, it's like that. Or it also makes me think of like a ring master at a yeah. circus. Yep. It's got like the shoulder pads with yes. like tassels and mm -hmm. all this stuff. So cool. Yeah. And then when Angela does get all dolled up for Jordan to come meet her parents, she's got this black long sleeve dress with this gray crocheted vest over it. That's where Brian says she looks like she's going to a costume party as someone else. Yeah. But I think that's mostly because of how her hair looks. Her hair was different. Yeah. And Krakow at one point has on this brown, orange, purple, and green dress shirt on with like paisley designs on it. I feel like I had something very similar mm -hmm. back then. Yes. And then the day after Jordan stands Angela up, she's wearing this long black dress with lace sleeves. She basically looks like she's going to a funeral. Yep. And then the last thing at the end when Danielle's playing catch in the front yard with her dad, she's got these purple overalls on <laughs> and they're very little kid 90s. Yes. You know? Like, I don't see kids today wearing purple overalls. I mean, I don't know. I, I could be wrong there, but maybe they are. They should be. They should be. <laughs> and the world needs more purple overalls. It does. <laughs> Okay, so signs of the time slash nostalgia. This isn't really signs of the time, but I was curious. Did you go on field trips in high school? In high school, uh, a couple of times. Where'd you go? 
We went to the state capitol for social studies class. Okay. I'm trying to think if we did anything. Maybe it was just the one. Well, another one was kind of a field trip, but we went to, it's called BOCES up there for like trade school stuff. We all had to collectively check it out, but I was Hmm. studying Russian. For some reason, I went to a Russian class in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Outside of that, I don't think so. Okay. See, I I only really remember once in high school, we did go to Atlanta to an art museum. Mm -hmm. Museum. Museum. (laughs) And I remember that being fun, except this was like shortly after two people in my class decided that they didn't like me anymore. Uh Uh-oh. And they had stolen a sign out of my front yard that was my mom's. It was just like a, you know cute little crafty welcome sign you know whatever i don't know they stole it they stole it and then they were like bragging about it and every time they were around me they would sing signs signs everywhere signs (laughs) and it like tortured me really i was so upset that was like probably the only real like bullying that i ever experienced really because there was no real reason for them to not like me i think it was because they got kicked out of my party But I didn't do it like other people did. But it was because, like, I think that one of them had been saying mean things about me. Yeah. They were just really known to be over the top and, like, I don't know if wild is the word or, like, obnoxious. Just get into trouble. Yeah. And I was afraid they were going to, like, trash my house or something. Uh And they weren't, like, close friends of mine. So they kicked them out. So then they they hated me Uh after that. I dealt with some people hating me, but I I never really classified it as bullying just because I was mouthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, so I mean, it, I it was would, sweet. Yeah. So it would like, you know, it kind of escalated into a couple fights. So right. I don't know. Like, I get that they were mad that they got kicked out of my party, but also yeah. it's like that was a waste on somebody who was nice. Right. <laughs> like, there was no reason to do that to me. No, there wasn't. And, I mean, they accomplished their goal of upsetting me. Too sweet to have that happen to you. Yeah. But I do. That's something I remember about that field trip because it was happening. During it. During it. Oh. Yeah. But other than that, I remember that there was one time that our basketball team went to, you know, like state, whatever, and we could opt to go if our parents let us. They had to sign a permission form because it happened like during the day. Yeah. Like at two or something. And so everybody that was able to go, we got on buses and went. That was, I think that was in Atlanta as well. It's like a two hour trip. Now, we would always go at my previous school when I was not in public school. I feel like yearly the whole school would go to the Strong Museum of Play, whatever it was called. Oh. Museum of Play at Strong, I think is what it's Is called. that the one that had like toys and stuff? Yes. Somebody so, posted about that in our Facebook group. They did. Yeah. Um And it's got like awesome toys from our time right. now. Oh, but gosh. then- <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they had then, right? They what were like they toys from like the 30s through oh. the 50s. And you're just like, oh no, <laughs> I don't care about looking at porcelain dolls yeah. for 10 years straight. Um. We go there every year and I was like, I hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> But like now I want to go. Oh, I do. I want to go now. Let's next time we're up there. Seriously, let's go. Yes. I bet Heather would want to go with us. Oh, absolutely. I noticed they watched The Nutty Professor on cable. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that wouldn't happen today. 
but it was kind of a popular movie at the time. That was the main way to watch it, either that or getting it at the video store. Yes. No streaming. No streaming. And that was when it wasn't as common to like buy the VHS tape. Right. You just rent them. You just rent it. Or watch it on cable. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I do still know a few people who will still watch TV like as it comes on Mm -hmm. on cable or movies as it comes on. Even if they own like the DVD or something, they'll still watch it on cable. There is something to that, right? Like it just does feel different when a network has decided this is what you're going to watch. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it like takes the pressure off because it it, it is overwhelming to try to decide what you're going to watch. Right. Because now the world is your oyster, you know? Yeah, I remember the first time I was ever really faced with that, I was down at my aunt's house in uh, Croton on the Hudson. They had this wall, and this was mid-80s, this wall of videos that they'd either recorded or purchased. I think the the majority of them were recorded. Mm -hmm. And there was just so much there, you couldn't decide what to watch. So every time, I would just pick Rambo. (laughs) Rambo won first blood. Old faithful. Yes. Right. I get that. Again, it's one of those perspective things, but the way that Patty and Sharon's mom, Camille, are talking about premenopause and how they're 40 and that it's still considered young and, and all of that. And I'm just like looking at these two women and no shade to them in 1994, mm-hmm. but like I just feel like they look so much older than me now and I'm yes, 43. I know. <laughs> And I'm just like, what? Either I look great or my perspective is way skewed. You know what I mean? Well, you do look great. (laughs) I mean, not I look great. That sounds very conceited. I don't mean it like that. I just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you're like, do I look like that to other people? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's weird to think about. It is. But also like. We're not parents. And I think sometimes that maybe changes things as well, because I don't know if it just makes us feel like we're even younger than maybe people that have kids that are teenagers or, you know, college Mm. age kids or whatever. Maybe they actually do feel their age. I don't know if they do or not. I don't know. I do know that we don't want to grow up. (laughs) True. True story. (laughs) I did like when Brian came over and was looking for that book. And Patty says, I'm not allowed in Angie's room without a visa. And she called her Angie. And it was the only, I feel, unless I notice it while we're rewatching, I don't feel like I've ever heard her call her Angie any other time. Yeah. But also kind of funny because I just feel like parenting is so different now because the fact that like she wouldn't go in her room without her being there. Right. Where now I just feel like parents will just go in the room no matter what. You know what I mean? Like at least the people that I know that are parents of teenagers. Right. I feel like there's no separation there. Like they're going to go in if they want to. Would yours? Uh, Back in the day? I mean, they wouldn't be like, I can't go in there. But I mean, it was definitely different. I don't know. Yeah. They just weren't in my business, really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes my mom would get in my business, but mainly it was because I had not cleaned my room. Or I just get yelled at if my room is messy. Yeah. My mom, you know, would get suspicious when there was no clothes of mine in the laundry and yet my room was clean. Quote unquote. So, where were the clothes? So, I had, you know, a bed where you could slide a bed underneath it. What's that called? Trundle bed. Trundle bed, bed? yeah. Mm -hmm. Except the trundle was elsewhere. So, it was open underneath it. Uh. (laughs) And so, to clean up, I would just stuff it full of clothes. And I can remember two times her under my bed pulling clothes out, like laughing at me, (laughs) of saying, like, this is where all your clothes are. So we've talked about how Jared Leto's brother, Shannon, is on the show. He's one of Jordan's friends. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but occasionally he does. But he, 
is in frozen embryos, or he was at least at the rehearsal. And he is wearing overalls over a tank top with the backwards page boy hat. And it is just one of the most 90s things I've ever seen. Absolutely agree. And I would love to see teenagers like, you know, people are are saying like the 90s fashions are back in early 2000s and stuff. But I want to see people commit to that look. Yeah, like go pull that off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You need some ideas? They're there. Yes. You got Rayanne. (laughs) You got Shane. (laughs) And Ricky. And you got Ricky. Just another shout out to a different drawing on the bathroom stall that's like right behind Rayanne in the scene with her and Sharon in the bathroom mm-hmm. that says AJ loves Chris. Yeah. Because before it was like on the mirror, I think. And yeah. then also Rayanne is using some sweet rollerball lip gloss. Is it not a thing anymore? I don't see it anymore. Not like that. Not the way it was. Yeah. Because it would come out, you know, and you kind of press on it and more would come out and it was so glossy. <laughs> <laughs> I would never be able to wear that around you because you hate lip gloss. I do hate lip gloss. If I want kisses, I can't wear that. No. <laughs> Listen, you have very pretty lips. Oh, thank you. I want to be able to kiss them. I want you to be able to kiss them. Goop on them. (laughs) You don't want to come away with goop on your lips, on your pretty lips. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the end of episode seven. I'm so happy to be back with our My So-Called Life recaps. It's good to be back. Getting into the good stuff. Yes, we are. So stay tuned. If you love the podcast and you want to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. We've got our Facebook group, The Cozy Club, fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. And if you would like to help support the podcast or just have access to 40 plus bonus episodes, you can come over to our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. You can donate $4 or more per month and that helps support the podcast and what we've got going on. And it also makes us happy. That's right. Also exciting. We have new merch. We got the merch. We have so many items available with three different logos to choose from. And you can go to we-don't-wanna-grow-up.myspreadshop.com. Dot com. <laughs> yes, and you can find the link in our link tree on our Instagram or TikTok. If it makes it easier, you can just click a button. Much easier to just click the button, go press it, see if any of the logos speak to you, see if any of the colors match what you want, find something for you or that special someone in your life. Get him that hoodie. Get him that apron. (laughs) Get him that phone case. Or get some stickers. They're actually pretty cool. They are cool stickers. I mean, I hate stickers, right? So don't buy me any stickers, but buy buy yourself. Yeah, I'll buy you a sticker. Buy yourself a sticker. Pass them out. Pass them out. Stick them on things. Then you can spread the word about the podcast. You could stick them on your refrigerator. (gasps) Yes, like I did on my avocado green refrigerator in the 80s. Nice. Thank you for your support. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Basically, Jared Leto just making noises. <laughs> just not like. Humming. Was it him? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if it was him or not. Yeah. I meant to ask. Just that doing a lot of oohs and ahs, you yeah. know. But sexy oohs and ahs. And dance by the light of the moon.